Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach who has learned through professional practice and personal experience that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. Hello, Greg. Hello. We're back again. We're back again. If people want to call in and ask Greg some questions about anything, really, the number to call is 425-373-5527. In the meantime, mm. we must do the the review of last week. Yeah. Well, we've been we've been uh, talking with Charlotte and Steve in there. I'm calling her Char. Char, okay, Char and Steve. <laughs> uh, we've been uh, working with them as they go through this critical loop that they're dealing with, this avoidant, anxious trap that mm-hmm. they've been in that that prevents them from getting to the really the base issue of what's going on in their relationship. And yeah. just to be clear for mm-hmm. people, Charlotte and Steve are a fictional couple that are probably an, an amalgamation. Maybe. Oh, I know. Well, you're never going to tell. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I thought I we discussed you not, not telling my story. It's amalgam. Exactly. Of, <laughs> of a lot of the work that you do with people. Uh, right. Um, just to be clear. Um, so I just felt like I needed to say that to people. However, it's such a good way to demonstrate because these are the conversations that you have with people. Yes, it is. And, and, you know, so many, so much of the time at the beginning, it's just, it's just uh, fraught with this endless cycle of, of bickering or criticizing and then conflict and withdrawal and more criticism. And, and what it's really all about something that they're not even arguing about. And that's, that's, that's the problem is finding out what that really is at the bottom. My big takeaway from last week. So Greg's been taking us through these sessions, first Uh meeting with Charlotte and Steve together and then individual appointments. And I walked away, A, questioning everything. (laughs) (laughs) Am I avoidant? Am I attached? Am I, you know, what am I? Um, But really what I took away is that there's there's not good guys and bad guys because I was so front-loaded to assume that Steve is such a jerk. Right. And then all of a sudden Steve shares this vulnerable story from when he's younger and I'm like oh well Steve yeah yeah so many times it's easy to um, assume or even look at the situation and, and one of the parties is just the apparent uh, you know villain here mm-hmm. if they just get straight things would be all better but typically what we're finding is that that both parties have got their own history mm-hmm. past that's Plaguing this situation, right? And it's trauma, and uh, neither one of them are. Most often, right? I'm dealing with people that want to be there and right. want to want to fix their marriage, and so they're not intentionally trying to hurt each other, right? Uh, and both of them want it to get better, mm-hmm. and it's easy for one party to assume that the other one is at fault. And that's what we want to do in these first few sessions, right, is to, to get that out in the open. Oh, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe there's part of this that's mine, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we did in the first couple sessions. And then we went into the individual sessions with both of them last week, uh, being Steve. Um, 
But the objective of that is just to give them both a chance to express their thoughts and feelings without the other one being there, right? Sure. It's, it's not that they're going to say something that, that that's a secret or anything. We don't want that. I mean, that, that, that'll never work. But, it, but it's just to give them a chance to open up and not feel like they're on eggshells so many times like you are when you're in the presence of your partner. Um, and I imagine that there's a level of building trust there also individually. You know, you had shared that um, when Charlotte and Steve first started, it was really Charlotte that was like, clearly we need to work on our relationship. Steve, as you say, certainly he wants to work on the relationship, but he was a bit cranky. Right. And so for you, establishing that individual relationship so that they know that, you know, you're not like picking favorites or you're not on right. one person's side. And that's really important, especially at the beginning. Um, it can feel like to one party or the other, it can feel like you're ganging up on them, right? The therapist sure. and the and one other party is ganging up on them. This is all my fault. And, and in doing these individual sessions, it helps to, uh, to alleviate that a little bit, especially at at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we just want them to be able to express themselves openly in there. And and when they can't do that, they become hypervigilant and they get on eggshells and then this, this loop starts and, and they, they develop these defense mechanisms that come from the past, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this, um, but I think it's... Uh, it's worth reviewing. These, these defense mechanisms uh, are from a past trauma or emo- emotional, relational trauma from somewhere back there, right? It, it, if it's cho- it can go back to when you're a child, uh, if the caregivers are confusing or scary or absent, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about this. Right, like uh, in Steve's case where, you know, dad seemed aggressive and, Really you know, scary. Yeah. And scary and, and in Charlotte's case absent right the parents weren't there and and you know a lot of times this does go back to childhood but sometimes it doesn't have to i mean this could be a uh, an emotional relational trauma from a past marriage right an adult or it could be an adolescent something happened in high school or whatever this doesn't have to be back clear way back when when you're really young most of the time it is it seems like but uh it doesn't have to be that way any it's happens with anybody you have some kind of a substantial relationship with Right, and you develop these. So if 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 your if your parent is is always angry and yelling at you, and you're scared, and you learn that that expressing your emotions don't work very well, and so you hide them, right? And then things are all better. And so the next eighteen, twenty years, you're still doing that, and here you are in a relationship with someone, and you have no idea how to express your emotions because you never did. Well, it's like survival of the fittest. You know, I think of like animals like a chameleon that takes on certain adaptations to blend in and not stick out. And it's a means of that's protecting yourself. That's a great analogy, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a means of protecting yourself, and that's what these defense mechanisms are for. Adaptation to protect myself uh, in an emotional state, fight, flight, freeze state, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh what we find later on, especially with Charlotte and Steve here, as we've been talking about them, is that they get triggered back to that original emotional state, right? Mm-hmm. The feelings that they had 
and that original trauma come back when the other partner triggers it with something they say, they do, behaviors. It doesn't matter what it is. It just happens, and that triggers an automatic response. And then it's, this is all about reactivity at that point, right? We're just reacting from that fight, flight, freeze standpoint uh, of our sympathetic nervous system. And it's all subconscious. It's what we've always done. It's automatic. uh, And we have very little awareness that we're even doing it, right? It's just automatic. For instance, uh, just thinking of one, the other day I was meeting with someone and we're talking with a couple and... and the wife mentioned that one of her biggest things that just really bugged her was that when she expressed something to her husband, he would immediately, within a split second, say something like, that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. <laughs> or, that is just stupid. How could you say anything like that? And you can imagine how crushed you would feel just hearing that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as we, as we talk about this, that's the way he was taught by uh, three three older brothers and his dad who raised him, and they were always on him like that, and it was just burned into him. And he he is aware when he says these things, but it just comes out. And so we're working on this this uh, awareness piece to try to get to the point where you know take you can pause. check like, it, you're take like, a pause, there right? It is. That reaction, right? <laughs> so when I tell you that story, right away you go, oh, what a jerk, right? I mean, this sure. guy is, wow, how can you do that to your wife? But it's a subconscious thing that's within him. And so we're, we try to, we don't try to, we get to, the, to those subconscious uh, issues and talk about them and help them develop some awareness so that during the course of the week, you may not catch it every time, but you catch it as you're doing it or right after yeah. you're doing it when you can make a repair. Um, and that's the way that we – and then, of course, he's got a trigger that he triggers his wife with, right? And so they just go round and around and around. Well, and that awareness, you know, you're always talking about the awareness, and it's sort of like the burping and polite company. <laughs> like if you can hold back something like that for a moment, right, and find a different way of – of letting it out, then Your surely you could take a moment <laughs> to Excuse think about me. exactly to not say that's ridiculous, and instead you're like, and go ahead and swallow that little bit of gas. <laughs> right, and you know, as I say this, it sounds so easy. It's like, oh come on, guy, you don't say those kind of things. But when it's burned into your subconscious for twenty years, um, it's there, and. Uh, it is actual reaction in that fight, flight, freeze, mm-hmm. emotional, relational trauma uh, response. It, it just is. Well, and the ironic thing is it seems like if he was hearing that from his older siblings and from his dad, then chances are he was actually probably trying to express something or be vulnerable or whatever. And so here mm. he is, you know, a sensitive type that wants to express, you know, fears or, you know, anything, express anything. Right. He and, was never heard. He was never heard. And he's told to, you know, stop right. doing that. And so then he, in turn, becomes his dad. Right. And so what we want to be able to do when somebody has a desire or need and they talk to us, right, is to respond in a compassionate, some kind of a supportive way, right? And that certainly isn't a supportive way to respond. Yep. But, but when we don't respond in that supportive way, we are uh, – 
triggering the other person's own defense mechanism, right, to their relational trauma, uh, something from their history, and and we're off to the races here. It's just back and forth, trigger, 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 and it escalates um, sometimes very dramatically, and um, and it always, when we really dissect it, it comes back to something entire, mm-hmm. entirely simple. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it but it's such a deep a hurt, though. Well, you know, we've talked about these insecure attachment styles, right? That's that's how we categorize this. I mean, it's not as simple as being anxiously attached or avoidantly attached. It can be a mixture of both, whatever. But 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 when we talk about it in uh, reference to Charlotte and Steve last week with Steve, we we kind of pieced together that you know enough of his relationship history with his parents and 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 all of the romantic endeavors that we got a pretty good feel right that he's uh, demonstrating what we would call an avoidant attachment style mm-hmm. right some of the things he was doing like he doesn't remember much of his childhood remember and and what he does remember is is very traumatic emotionally from his dad and and when we don't remember a lot of things about a our childhood is because we're blocking emotions and we sure. we, we just block it out. And, and that's a, one of the signs of an avoidantly attached person, right? Blocked emotions, don't feel them. If we don't show them, things are okay. And if we right. do, they're not okay, right? This is where I started identifying with Steve. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, and, you know, in, 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 in the same way, his mom was working all the time. She was working all the time. And when she was there, she was a very caring person for him. But she was always vigilant and protecting him from dad. And so there's that part of it, too. Keep quiet. Don't say anything, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's not rock the boat. Just don't rock the boat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, and then he had all those uh, relationships prior to Charlotte. Yeah. But there was like six of them in eight years. And like serious ones. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, oh, we dated a few times. Like he, it sounded like in the session that he identified them as like more serious relationships. That's a lot. How do you have six fairly serious relationships in eight years? You reach the cliff and then instead of jumping, you go back. Right. Well, an avoidantly attached person uh, a lot of times will will really uh, have that romanticizing at the beginning of a relationship and capture the interest of the other person. And then as soon as the conquest is, is complete or whatever, it, it, they revert to their emotional distancing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not going to take long in that case, most of the time, for the partner to go, eh, I'm right. out of this, right? Right. And it seems fairly unusual, but that's the case. Six and eight years is a lot. But Well, and there uh, was obviously something about Charlotte that was different. Right. And yet she had her own stuff. She had her own stuff. Um, yeah, you know, he kept his intimacy at arm's length and, um, and was able to do, by doing that, just disconnects from other people emotionally. Well, and then you've got Charlotte, right, from the week before, who... All she wants is just to be connected to somebody. Please, please, just um, respond to me. Uh, give me the reassurance and, and a consistency in this relationship that you love me and that you'll never leave me. And that uh, you know. And she grew up uh, not knowing what to expect from her parents. Right? They anxiously attached, and uh, 
they were there sometimes, sometimes they weren't. And when they were there, she didn't know what to expect. And that's very confusing to a little child, right? It's confusing oh, yeah. to anybody. but Absolutely. Especially to a little child. And, and um, yeah, and, and she, what did she say about her other relationship? She had one oh, in yeah. high school, right, or something? And the, the guy broke up with her saying that, you're really needy. Yeah, dumped her because she was too needy. Oh, my. Right. right. It's like being dumped all over again by your parents. Right. So here we got these two people and, you know, they, they, their unpredictability from these past relationships. Um, they get really hyper vigilant about any kind of perceived relational slights. Right. Especially Charlotte with this abandonment thing and rejection. When, when, when you have that anxious attachment style, um, you, you convince you're convinced that the abandonment is coming. All sure. the time. You anticipate being abandoned, and it's inevitable. And and so you operate at that. That's really a stressful place. And oh, you yeah. operate there every day. And then you have somebody like Steve um, who is emotionally detached, disconnected. Intimacy is not, you know, we're steering away from that. And, and Charlotte, that's all she needs. So no wonder there is this disconnect, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like the person that's like, we're good, right? Everything's good. We're good. You know, you're, we're good. Right. And, you know, Steve's like, okay, like, A, you're driving me crazy. Right. <laughs> and B, you know, that's not in his strong suit to make her feel, you know, reassured. Right. When they get in the sloop, he goes, he goes, what do you want? What do you want? I give you everything. I don't understand what you need. I, I come cry. home every night. What more do you need? Yeah, I, 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 uh, we go through this all the time. What is it that you need? You can't tell me what you need. And she's she's desperately showing him and telling him what, what uh, she needs. But he can't see it because of the subconscious uh, dealings with his trauma from his past. And so until we can break through that, until we can until they can each understand each other's triggers, right? And that's where we are right now with these two is that they're going, oh, well, maybe he isn't a total jerk. He's got some issue from his past and vice versa. He's mm-hmm. and and so then they we have to work with those triggers in helping them understand when they're happening. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to catch it all the time, right? It's it's just not going to happen. Um uh both of them trying to realize and understand that the other's behavior it's doing the triggering. It's not the person. Mm-hmm. And that's key to this. Because then it's not the jerk anymore. It's just some past behavior that my partner is dealing with. Right. Like, would you get mad at a little kid in a way? You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. it's suddenly realizing that. That's a good analogy there. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, like, would you be, if if this little kid was in front of you and they had these traumas that these two had, would you be mad at them or would you take the time to be a little bit more gentle with them? So, and that's exactly what we're addressing here in many of these cases is this little kid in the other person, right? The little kid that got hurt or that had to develop this defense mechanism. And many times these, this is way back, four and five, six years old, these things start. Mm-hmm. And, and so we are talking to a little kid. We are working with a little kid um, in, in many ways like that, right? Um, and and that this ends up becoming, you know, about awareness and catching these triggers like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So 
what I want to do next with, with Steve and Charlene, or what I'll show that we want to do next, is, is approach these behaviors they're doing, that they're learning about in the other person, with some curiosity, right? Rather than, um, let's get this fixed, you know, or whatever. Or, you have a problem, you know, let's get this fixed. Right. If we can, if, if we can get it to a point to where they both are curious about helping the other with their trigger, and this becomes a team, right? Trying to resolve these issues rather than um, uh, individual individual people trying to do it. Right. And that teamwork is that camaraderie that that's going to help this proceed uh, a lot quicker. Yeah, well, yes. and being able to see that you're both equally vulnerable in uh, that yeah. in that space that, you know, you are front-loaded with these traumatic situations and they do trigger and that, you know, and in that way they're both equally vulnerable. Well, and that's the key word here, vulnerability. Where we want this to go eventually, right, is with these two being, or these two in this instance, being able to be attuned in their in their feelings and relationship with each other, being so, here we go, vulnerable that they can share anything without fear of being tromped on, you know, criticized. Uh, That's def- ridiculous. Defended against, <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, so how do we get to that vulnerability? Right here is the beginning of that because they are realizing that they're both vulnerable mm-hmm. with this past stuff. And if we can work through this, then um, we can get to that point because that's the key in these relationships is that vulnerability piece. How vulnerable can you be with your partner? So then what do you do? So at, at that point, you've met with them individually, and mm-hmm. you know I assume that you're bringing them together. And you know how do you then have them be aware of this, um, of how to not trigger or be aware of the triggers. It gets to be a little bit, uh, what's the word I want to use, tedious maybe at this point for them, can be, because they're trying to live their lives, right? Both people are working, maybe there's children involved with some of these couples, right? Mm -hmm. Probably is. Uh, Working from home and all this stuff going on. And at the same time, we want to try to be aware of us triggering these reactions in our partner. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times it, we're going to miss. First, it's the example I gave of the of the gentleman that said, uh, that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Right. As soon as he says it, he catches it. But it's too late, right? And then, and of course, he's apologizing at that point, whatever. But but that, that hurt is done, right? And so how do we find those, how do we, find that awareness so that we can catch it before we do it. And this is the part, really, of just being in the present moment, right? And that's very hard to do in a lot of day-to-day life. I mean, we're, we're at work. We're, we're, we got all kinds of things going on in our head. And how can we be aware that we're not triggering our partner with some old stuff that we've, we're dealing with? It takes time. And, and help. Each other partner can go, look, you're, what I'd like to get him to doing is, go, hey, I think you 
Like, That's a trigger. Mm-hmm. You're triggering me right now. Or the other one, or, or to stop in the middle of it and go, oh, my God, I'm triggering you, aren't I? Right? And then that conversation can start from that curiosity standpoint rather than a blaming, uh, defensive, criticizing point. Because they both know that they have triggers mm-hmm. that need to be addressed. And, and so we can work at it from a team angle, mm-hmm. right? The two people. And that's where we are now with Charlotte and Steve. And, and um, it can be a, a, a touching time as they realize, you know, I'm, I'm assuming as we get in back into this, that Charlotte's going to realize, oh, my gosh, I've been thinking he's a total jerk all this time. Right. You know, I got to, you know, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't give a spoiler, but I've got a, you know, feeling that may happen, right? Uh, and then Steve may go, oh my gosh, she's not just this needy emotional wreck. You know, she's, she's got some valid concerns here and it comes from her past. So we can work on these things together. That's what we want to do because then we've got a more f- solid foundation to work from as we try to move into communicating and um, relating on an attunement level, harmony, uh, supportive, uh, compassionate responses to desires and needs, basically. And that's, that's the following step after we get to this point. But we got to get to the, this base point. Holy cow. Okay, so, <laughs> so my homework for the week, I mean, their homework for the week is to be aware of the the triggers, uh, right. not only necessarily what's triggering them and to be able to articulate what their maybe their needs are or what it is, right. um, but also to maybe be aware of when they do it for the other person and right. to listen to that. Right. What, what, what is he saying that's firing me up right now? Right. What, and is what it did the tone? Is what it did the... he say or do? Or was Yeah, was it the tone? Was it something he did or said? But what was it that just made me go, whoa? Made me want to fight. Mm-hmm. What was it? Because that's the trigger. Right. right? It's what makes you bristle. I think about right, uh, there you go, bristle. Pete occasionally, he will say, well, you know, there's consequences. And the word consequence triggers me. <laughs> okay. I'm like, there's not, like that's not a reward. That's Let's a bad thing. Let's find a new word. Exactly. So anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, we all have a lot of work to do. Right. So um, in the meantime... Continue listening so that you can hear about Steve and Charlotte. If you're interested in getting in touch with Greg, you can do that through KuiperCounseling.com. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook as well. Kuiper Counseling. Right. He's amazing. This is what he does every day. (laughs) And he's good at it. So, Greg? Everybody, just just stay aware out there. That's, that's, That's what we need to do every day. Exactly. See you next week. Bye. 